The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, Burke and I are here to welcome you back to part two. Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. Think about that movie that Tom Hanks made. Which one? I think it was called Suburbia. The Suburbs. The Suburbs. Maybe that was it. Okay, so this is the Pet Shop Boys, right? Yes. They are listed as the most successful duo in UK music history in the 1999 edition of the Guinness Book of World Records. You've got to be kidding me. Nope. 42 top 30 singles, 22 being top 10 hits in the UK singles charts. I, yeah, that does not surprise me. Nope. I, I, I was slightly surprised, but I love the Pet Shop Boys. I, I mean, yeah, think about it. They started in the 80s. 
one of the best electronic bands that we've ever ever heard. Um, what? What? Got my broommate. Got my Yeti. <laughs> and and I have the I Davis have, Cup. I have my friend with me today. <laughs> oh God. I have my friend now. I have we still, we still got 10 cartoons to go through. You should not do that. My my friend Basil and Hayden. Oh God. Mm. Is it Basil Fawlty? It's Basil. Um, <laughs> I must toast to my Basil Hayden. Toast. Prost. All right. Uh, we're on your uh, number 10, sir. Number 10. Yes. This is, wow, how do I explain this one? I have watched this cartoon as a very young person and then watched it as an adult. Okay. It has, it has, it was a great cartoon as a kid. It was a slightly better cartoon as an adult. Okay. It, uh, it is, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Damn, I do not have that on my list. 1959 to 1964. So these, they were done before we were born. Hey, Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of structured as a variety show. Yeah, the main feature being the serialized adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh, Rocket J Squirrel and Bullwinkle J Moose, their main antagonists. At most of the adventures were the two Russian stylized spies of Boris Badenov and Natasha Fatal, both working for the Nazi-like dictator, fearless leader. But they had uh, there was so many other segments in that show: Dudley Do Right, uh, Peabody's Improbable History uh fractured fairy tales um it, yeah it was they, they mix puns and cultural and topical satire and self-referential humor so everyone could like like my parents were watching this and laughing at shit that i had no idea what the hell they were laughing at i was laughing at stuff that they thought was okay um yeah, no, it was a brilliant. I mean, the the pun, the setups for the puns on some of these jokes were so long and involved. It's like if, if you had never heard of a, a certain book, you had no clue what they were talking about. The 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 ruby yacht of Omar Khayyam. Yeah, so they had to set up this ship made of rubies. Owned by some guy, which is has nothing to do with the book, the Rubiat of Omar Khayyam, but it just yeah, oh God, yeah, good stuff. I uh, and I had the great thing is I had DVDs of Rocky and Bullwinkle as a older person, and so I was able to go back and watch these things and go, holy crap! All the stuff that I missed on this show was freaking awesome. Yeah, so. That's my number. That is my number 10. Oh, and Mr. Know-it-all. Oh, my God. There were so many good Aesop and Sons. 
I, there were so many good bits on this show. It's just it's 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 hard to go over them all. I don't. I mean, I remember a lot of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Um, I actually had a stuffed Bullwinkle pillow. No way. That was freaking cool. I had I had a stuffed Bullwinkle pillow, and I had a stuffed uh, a goofy grape. The grape uh, ape? No, goofy grape. Goofy grape. Weilers. Weiler, oh, uh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> Weilers goofy grape. I think it was Weilers. I can't remember. Was was there another? Uh, I'm looking it up. Goofy grape. Yeah, that was a... Uh, the hell was that? I can't remember. It was a that, drink mix. Oh, my yeah, God. It was, it, was a, it was a purple drink mix. I had two pillows as a kid. Rocky and Bullwinkle, and oh god, they had goofy grape. They had engine orange and Chinese cherry. Oh crap! <laughs> I see why that brand didn't make it very long. Holy shit! <laughs> wow. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, no. No. Um. Not not to go off topic here, but uh, we would never we, ever in this we, podcast never. go off topic. God forbid. Never. Never, never happened. My goofy grape pillow uh, <laughs> sold on eBay the other day. The exact same pillow that I had sold on eBay the other day for $479. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's, uh, of course, yours was probably not in that nice of um, shape, but whatever. <laughs> so there holy cow that is the goofy great pillow that i yeah, had that's it <laughs> sold for 400 bones <laughs> oh don't you think oh my, my god don't you think my brother would be with that in prison <laughs> <laughs> I gotta quit saying this stuff. He's gonna get. He's gonna listen to these things when <laughs> you mother. <laughs> oh, uh, I'll have to have him tell you the story about when I dropped. Uh, we in in Sheffield Lake. Our house was a split level. Okay, and uh, I had gotten this this football game where you where you had this guy you put the football in front of his foot you'd smash his head oh and... yeah 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 okay well the the goalpost thing the the base of it weighed like 20 pounds oh crap <laughs> and so one day i i was like hey mike come here because he was downstairs and i stood at the top of the stairs and as he stepped onto the first step, I dropped it onto his head. <laughs> now, what that was the first time that I realized that my brother is not easy to knock out. <laughs> I dropped a 10-pound brick on his head and proceeded to have to run and hide somewhere because he was upset. <laughs> I hid under the kitchen sink. 
<laughs> Thankfully, once Mike finally found me, oh, I said his name again. Ah, your brother had finally found you. Once my brother finally found me, my mother was walking in. <laughs> so I start doing the mama, he's beating me, he's beating me. <laughs> and he got grounded for two weeks oh, for, for me dropping 20 pounds on his head to see if it would knock him out. Now, to top that off, or don't let me, don't, don't let that seem like I'm the bad guy. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I would never think brother, that. This is the brother who would grab his BB gun, turn, look at me, and start counting backwards. Ten, <laughs> nine, and I would run. <laughs> I, I, I made it all the way into the neighbor's yard right by their for sale sign. And he was at three, and he shot. And all I said was, you motherfucker, you liar. Okay. Oh, God. All right. Oh, so that was my number 10. You I have, have a number 10. <laughs> what is your number 10? Well, it doesn't have a Red Rider BB gun in it, but. Oh, darn it. It. It came out. It came out in 1999 and is still running today. And it is called Futurama. That is on my list, also. Oh, what what number? That's do my you number have seven. Ah, okay. I'm going to highlight this to, so that I, I want to see how many of these we actually have match. Futurama, when it first came out was obscenely funny and i mean it wasn't overly it wasn't beavis and butthead no it it held comedy for lowbrow comedy medium comedy mm -hmm. and are you mensa level to understand the fucking comedy going on in this show it has something for everybody you could just, if you were drunk, high, stupid, whatever, you could watch it and have a good time. If you were sober and going, wow, wait a minute, hold on, you could pick out shit in the background and go, that's fucking hilarious. And if you happen to know how to decode uh, what it, binary language, yep. there were jokes in there for you too. It was amazing. It was. Uh, okay, uh, this this show has been around since 1999 and is still in production today. Seven seasons. Billy West. They, they, they Billy West. Oh my God, where have we heard that name before? No, it it it, it got canceled twice or three times. I can't remember now. And brought back yes. because it was that good. Well, um, IMDb just just gives you your start and its end and its end is supposed to be in 2023 okay and that's fine that's fine listen to this listen to this list billy west john dimaggio mm -hmm. katie seagal i love her tress mcneil once again yep 
Phil Lamar. Phil Lamar is going to come up more often in this list than you think. Lawrence. Yeah. Okay, okay. Do, do you? What is right. the one movie that you know Phil Lamar from? Uh. Ooh, I don't know. Oh come on, you know. Okay, uh, I'll give you a hit. Quentin Tarantino. Oh wait, well, Pulp Fiction. Yes. He is the kid who gets his head blown off in the back you, of the car. You know where I first saw him? Where? Uh, it wasn't Pulp Fiction, because I didn't see Pulp Fiction when it came out. It was Mad TV. Yes, that's right. He was on that. Yeah, that's right. He was on Mad TV. He also later in life did Samurai Jack. Yes, which might show up in this list later on foreshadowing <laughs> um 17 annie awards 12 emmy awards winning six there are three alternative alphabets that appear in the background of episodes usually in the form of graffiti or advertisements or warning labels Nearly all the messages using alternate scripts translate directly into English. Uh, the first is called Alienese, uh, mm -hmm. Latin alphabet, blah, 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 blah. Third language. The third language somehow used is Hebrew. Uh, and most of these are displayed wording on the show using the Latin alphabet. So, yeah, just there's something for everybody in this show. If you don't know nothing, it's funny. If you know a little bit, it's funny. If you know a lot, it's funny. Here's here. Okay, here's here's the point that I, I think I need to to make about this about this show. Uh, I have several friends that I have have told about the show. This is a show or a cartoon that you could come in at any point in time, and it makes sense. Yeah, and and like you said. The comedy, the comedy in it is not just for, it's not just stupid comedy. It, it, it's, it's not erudite. It's not calm. It, it's, there's something for everybody in this cartoon. It what, is phenomenal. What I seriously loved about it was that they weren't afraid to take things from other shows and throw it into the show in the background just to see if you notice. Yeah. Like there was one episode where, where the Star Trek Enterprise went went by. And I was well, there was going, a whole episode where the entire cast of Star Trek with the original actors doing voiceovers showed up as heads. I mean, it's, it's, it's fucking brilliant. Dude. Okay. And, and, and on the flip side of that, they would they would pull at your heartstrings. Do you remember the episode about his dog sitting yeah. in front of the pizza shop? Yes. Dear God, that's a tear-jerking episode on anyone's I, level. I, it's just it's horrible and beautiful and brilliant all at the same time. It's a great cartoon that that if you don't want to think, you don't have to. But it will make you think. Anyways. Yeah. I, there, there you go. That was my number. Uh, what was that? Ten. That's seven for me. 
10 for you? Number 10 for me. Okay. Uh, what is your number nine, sir? My number nine is from the year 1964 to 1965 with 26 episodes done by Hanna-Barbera, a young Tim Matheson of Animal House fame doing the lead character of Johnny Quest. Ooh, that was not on my list. I have no Hanna-Barbera on my list. Sorry. I, there is just, there is, there's something about this cartoon. I, I've not been able to, to put my finger on it, but half of it is, you would start out with the bad guys doing something bad and there was no dialogue. Like the first five minutes of this cartoon, maybe the first 10 minutes, no dialogue just visual exposition and music setting yeah. it up. It was brilliant. It was beautifully done. Cat, you are just annoying. <laughs> okay, quit playing with the chords. I, Johnny Quest is one of my absolute favorite cartoons. I have a bunch of these on DVD. Um, beautifully drawn, even for Hanna-Barbera, standards um great concept art great sci-fi for being 1964 um just no I, johnny quest is one of my all-time favorite cartoons ever how many you, you can't watch a movie or a cartoon anymore where you go through 10 minutes of no dialogue but you understand exactly what's going on this is yeah. just a great great cartoon uh, yeah, Roger Ace Bannon, the typical I don't know, CIA ex-agent, you know, his dad, Dr. Bannon Quest is, you know, obviously doing something for the American government. They live on an island, this little island in, I don't know, the Pacific or something, you know, the, that just appeals to you and me because we want to live on an island. Like yeah, we we want to live there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was originally aired on primetime television, which was it made it the first primetime animated drama ever out there. So that's that's all I got about that. I I just have fallen cat. You're gonna piss me the get down. Okay, my number nine was Rocco's Modern Life. So yes. we are moving on to number eight. Would you like to do your number eight? Sure. Okay. 1998 to 2007. Celebrity Deathmatch. Oh, my God. I, Jesus Christ. How did I not have that on the list? Holy crap. Celebrity Deathmatch was on... Two networks in its oh. lifetime. Uh, it is the what? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is a a comic version of celebrities dueling Maybe. it out in a wrestling ring, oh, and the claymation. first one that would the first one that dies loses. And. <laughs> 
the 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 term "I'll allow it" is part of my vocabulary in everyday life. <laughs> I'll allow it. Oh my god! I oh my god! How did I miss that? Judas Priest. God, I love that cartoon. Holy cow! Uh, now, the the, the mix-up that they had. Oh my god! I mean, they had they had dead people against dead people. They had they, Joan yeah. Rivers versus Robert Williams, I think, at one point. Um, oh my god, that was a brilliant cartoon. That was it wasn't MTV. Who was that? Uh, no, right, gotta look it up. I Hold do on. believe you keep it's, talking. I do believe it started on on NBC or uh, no, it was USA. Oh, okay, was it on USA. Let's find out, uh, shall we? Yeah, you better find Celebrity that. Celebrity Deathmatch, Wikipedia. It won. It was nominated for an Annie Award in 1998. It sounds like MTV was the original. And and that's what I thought it was. Was was yeah. it started out on MTV and then it See? got moved to something else. Yeah. Um. So it was nominated for an Annie Award and it did win the RTOS Award Best Animated Voice Over Television Casting from oh the Casting Society of America. Um, this. <laughs> This 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 show was to die for. Johnny they, Gomez, Nick Diamond, they, Mills Lane as himself. Um, yeah. Oh God. This was the creators were Eric Fogel and and Gordon Barnett. And the thing is, is that each week, the the death match would be something different. They would wait for something to to happen during. Yeah, it the was week. it was topical. It was yeah, like it, it was it was like South Park where they like waited for shit to happen and then like put it on the show. They would wait for something to happen. Then it would come onto the show and they would make the decision on who was right and who was wrong. <laughs> and it was funny because after a while like like the news on MTV would say would say well <laughs> It's on Celebrity Deathmatch now. Celebrity Deathmatch has it. We'll we'll find out who's right and who's wrong. <laughs> and I mean, it was hilarious. Some oh of my the God, the the matchups were phenomenal. But... They had Stone Cold Steve Austin as himself as a commentator. Um, oh my God. Okay, my, I my... totally forgot about that. Oh my God. My I can't believe I missed that. My favorite one was was prince and michael jackson fighting <laughs> please tell me prince won that one it was no michael jackson's the king man uh, he, he's the king now oh my god it was freaking hilarious and it was mtv it oh yeah they didn't care that was back in the day when mtv didn't care which was a great time they had oh, oh my god they had a death match between beavis and butthead Yes. <laughs> uh, it, it, it was all, uh, it was claymation, which I loved. And Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin, okay, myself as as a wrestling fan, I know that everyone's going to sit there and go, you're, you're, ew, geek. Ew. you're a geek. Steve Austin was in 18 episodes of Celebrity Deathmatch. 
he not only fought in celebrity deathmatch, he would come in and and interrupt <laughs> events. Oh, he was uh, it was great. It was just oh. a half an hour of of the, stupidity. Yeah, stupid and yeah, yeah. That you could watch it sober, drunk, it didn't matter. It was it was hilarious either way. God, that was a good show. Oh my god. I cannot believe I didn't have that on my list. All right, uh, sir. What is your number eight? My, <laughs> my number eight, uh 2009 to present day, mm. 126 episodes created by Adam Reed for primetime Emmy Awards and four Critics Choice Awards. Uh, if I said the words Danger Zone, would you guess what this cartoon is? No. It is Archer. Definitely would not have guessed that at all. Please tell me and you've seen a couple episodes. Never seen one. Oh dear God! But watch season one. But here's here's the thing. I, I'm sure that I'm going to name off a cartoon that you have not seen. Archer, um, Archer is actually based off of a comic book. So could be. I mean, it's based out of a lot of stuff. It's it's kind of a James Bond ish. Um, there was actually. A video game out. Forgive me, I would have to look it up. But it was like this 1960s spy cartoon video game. And and it was hilarious because like there was this big fat Scotsman and this other big lady, and it, it, he would go, Shut up, fatty. Uh, it was it, there, <laughs> oh my god because it was like she was the fat woman singing and he would just literally go shut up fatty but there is so much deep humor in this thing it is so wrong on so many levels and so hilarious I, like i cannot I, I i cannot emphatically tell all the viewers out there and you at least watch two or three episodes of the first season, you might fall in love with it. It is some of the best stuff. H. John Benjamin, Aisha Taylor. Um, oh, God, I got I to gotta look up the, the cast. It's great because most of the cast looks like, in the cartoon, looks like their real-life counterparts, except for Archer. Archer is this, like, James Bond-looking dude, and H. John Benjamin is, like, he looks worse than we do. I mean, <laughs> well, he's the dude that does the voice for Bob's Burgers, which is awesome because they actually did a crossover with Archer waking up from a coma thinking he is a hamburger flipper from Bob's Burgers. I mean, it was this brilliant crossover thing with the two of those cartoons. Um, the lines in this thing are like, okay, so like uh, Archer says, you know, karate. That's the dang cook of martial arts. No, ISIS agents use Krav Maga. Um, you know, and, and then Archer is talking to one, and then uh, one of the guys from Saturday Night Live it, it plays Cyril on this. 
Um, he goes, oh my God, you killed a hooker. And Cyril goes, call girl. She was a, no, Cyril, when they're dead, they're just hookers. <laughs> um, and then Archer and Lana, oh my God, the whole danger zone thing with Kenny Loggins is hilarious. Um, Archer at one point looks at Lana and goes, Lana, your eyes are amazing. I mean, not compared to your tits, but you know. <laughs> and, and like Archer is like, he seems like this bumbling idiot. But then he comes up with these like, like, how do you know this shit? Like, like Archer goes, yeah, what's your blood type? And Lana goes, how would I know? And Archer's like, how would you not? And Lana goes, who am I? Carl Landstream, the discoverer of blood groups. But like, that's like an Archer thing. It's like, there's such a deep dive into such weird, random crap. I have to look this stuff up on 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 google to find like what are you talking about i was like oh my god that <laughs> so yeah so, I, I highly recommend highly written, highly recommend written by adam reed yes uh adam reed is a writer known for oh c lab he did c lab yeah c lab 2020 yes okay yeah okay well, all right. That's that's definitely something that that interests me, and I think I want to look into. So, all right. What number was was that? I'm on number seven. Oh, we have gone seven. over this before, so this is all you, Futurama. Okay, my number seven is the Tom and Jerry show. Mm. Good choice. Uh. I actually picked what they call the new Tom and Jerry show, which came out in 1975 to 1977. Fair enough. No, that uh, was the, the animation was good. Mm -hmm. The writing was very good. The the writing was was really good. And you had uh Henry Corden was one of the vocalists that that added into to the show uh joe bronx played spikes um a, a lot i mean there were just a ton of people that helped with voices throughout this this tv show what i loved about it was that tom tom and jerry weren't necessarily enemies through the whole thing not it all was, the time it was the cat and mouse game. Get that. Yeah. Get that. Get that. Yeah. I, I understand the reference. <laughs> um, it was. It was. It, it was a cat and mouse game. And one uh, of my one of my favorite episodes is when Tom the cat, Tom cat, get it, get it, Tom Tom cat, is trying to impress a girl cat and he's like rolling up in the whole western outfit and he's like rolling up a cigarette and rolls up jerry as a cigarette uh, this is just you couldn't get away with that now but back in the day it was okay now, uh, there's, there's some great there's some just great animated series like action sequences are great in that show 
it was subtle almost, comedy was great in that show. It was it was almost as good as the Roadrunner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the the action was almost as good. Frank Welker once again was in this. Yep. Uh fun fact. Jerry was the only one out of the two that could speak. I remember the one episode where there was Jerry and his nephew and they only spoke French. It was during the French Revolution and they were like uh, three musketeers, basically. And the voice on that was John Stevenson. Really? Yes. That was Uh, a great episode. Now, Tom and Jerry like I said, played a game of cat and mouse. But who was the true antagonist in the show? The wife who constantly was kicking Tom out of the house. I would say you were right with that, but I believe that Spike the the bulldog that was always beating up Tom needs to be the the pro or the antagonist in this. Uh, it, it was just it was just pure slapstick comedy and fun. Yeah, I, I mean that was that was just some solid writing for a throwaway cartoon. I mean that was just some good stuff back in the day. Yeah, I mean it, it originally. Uh, the original Tom and Jerry came out in the fifties. I think it was. I think so. Uh, and and if you watch some of them, there's no sound whatsoever except for music. Uh, it's just exposition. Which yeah, in a cartoon, I it, I, I gotta give it to him. Like like if you could do nothing but visuals and music. And convey yeah. everything. That's awesome. That is totally awesome. I think you're right. I think you're right. Anyways, I, I do believe that this is a classic, and and it lands oh, yeah. on my list at number seven. I, um, I wish I had it on my list now. There you go. All right, sir. Uh, I think we are up to your number seven. Six. Six. It is a 1988 anime movie. It took $9 million to make. It earned $80 million worldwide. It is widely regarded by critics as one of the greatest films ever made in the animation, action, and science fiction genre, as well as a landmark in Japanese animation. Can you guess the film? Transformers? 1988. Uh, Japanese. It was originally... Originally, you could only view the film in Japanese with subtitles. Mm, I have no clue. It is the movie Akira. 
still don't know. If you have never seen this movie, you should watch it once. It is the genesis of modern-day Japanese anime. It is the genesis of cyberpunk. Um, it is the, the, a groundbreaking film. Um, one of the film's key animators was... 1988, you said, right? Yes. Makiko Futaki. And she went on to become a lead animator for Studio Ghibli films, such as Kiki's Delivery Service, Princess Monocoque, and Howl's Moving Castle. Um, it is ranked number 22 on the Guardian's list of best sci-fi and fantasy films, <laughs> and included in the Film 4's top list of top 50 science fiction films ever, ranked number 27 on the Complex Magazine's list of 50 best science fiction films. The Daily Telegraph listed Akira as the fifth greatest action film of all time. Um, yeah, it, it is It is the groundbreaking film, the groundbreaking anime kind of of all time. It was, if you have ever seen a motorcycle sliding parallel to the pavement, and stopping and flipping up that came from this movie akira it is yeah it it, it it the british film institute describes akira as a virtual cornerstone uh along with blade runner and neuromancer it okay. is it is up there with all the top ones so if you've never seen it take a peek at it it is it you will go, well, this is okay for today. But if you realize this was 1988, it's pretty groundbreaking shit. Okay. That's all I got on that one. Oh, crap. So what's your number six? Mm -mm -mm. I guess I have to go back to this. My number six is... Bugs Bunny. And not just Bugs Bunny, but Bugs Bunny, the Looney Tunes comedy hour in 1985. Interesting. 1985, 86. Uh, Bugs Bunny, uh, uh, Yosemite Sam, uh, The Roadrunner, Wiley e. Coyote. All of them took part in the Bugs Bunny Looney Tunes Comedy Hour, which produced in 1985 and 1986, but ran for years after that. They also took comedy, uh, cartoons from the earlier Bugs Bunny series and colorized them. Oh, interesting. As well as added audio interesting instead of just music so it was very interesting time at warner brothers uh where they were kind of experimenting with with colorization of of old black and white films old black and white films stuff like that 
which was where a bunch of these Looney Tunes came from. Now, the, the one thing that absolutely had me sit back and go, that's incredible, is that there were only two voice actors for all those characters. Mel Blanc had to be one. Mel Blanc was one. June Foray was the other. Oh my God, that was uh, Rocky. Yes. So, you know, you you have the two best voices in the cartoon world that did every voice for that. Uh, Like I said, it had Sylvester and Tweety, it had the Roadrunner, it had uh, Bugs Bunny, um, the pig, the pig, Porky, the, Porky the pig, uh, as well as the rest, the the uh, Roadrunner, Wiley, Coyote, um, yeah, they they were all in it. Tweety Bird. God, I love Tweety Bird. <laughs> Tweety and so that was June. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, um, it just uh, it always amazed me. I loved Mel Blanc, whether whether he was yeah. at Warner Brothers or whether he was with with anyone else. The, the man of with. a thousand voices. He was just incredible, and. Uh, you know, there's just certain things. It, it's kind of like us growing up with Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Kermit oh, yeah. the Frog is an icon. Jim yep. Henson was an icon. Yep. Mel, Frank Mel, Oz, an yeah. icon. Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc is an icon. Total icon. So uh, that is my number six. Nice. Very nice. My number five, and this is a little divergent from the stuff we've been talking about, is a cartoon from 2018. It is an all CGI cartoon. It stars Shamik Moore, Jake Johnson, Haley Steinfeld, Maharesha Ali. Brian Tyree Henry, Lily Tomlin, Luna Lauren Velez, John Mulaney, Kimiko Glenn, and Nicholas Cage, and Leave Schreiber. Ooh, ooh, I love Leave. <laughs> oh, oh, that, that's going to be a movie that we'll review. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Go on. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Have you ever seen this movie? Oh, shoot. Dude, we're over on time. Oh, crap. Uh, We... uh, uh, Go on. Let's break. No, no. Finish this one. What what number are we on? Five. I I can redo this. Let's stop now and redo it. Dude, we're going to come back to this and we'll do the top five. Okay. Uh... 
will be right back. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Hey, could you hear the music at all? I can hear the music, just not you. No. I, I think I was saying, welcome back, everyone. <laughs> A little bit of One Republic playing here. Uh, oh, another bit. Is it wrong that I have a bunch of bands that I love? Ah. Uh, no. Now, unfortunately, that song is on my depression list. So, um, I'm not <laughs> supposed to play it right now. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, Burke and I partook in um, snacks. Oh my god, they were um, so good. And I'm I'm still delving in the popcorn with cheddar cheese on it. And <laughs> I was well, I was noshing on something else in the kitchen, but now I'm getting on the white cheddar cheese it's and uh, they're so mm. good. Okay, I gotta put that away. All right. So All right, sorry. My number five, we're going to revisit this. My number five is a film from 2018, CGI film. It stars Shamek Moore, Jake Johnson, Haley Steinfeld, Meherishla Ali, Brian Tyree Henry, Lily Tomlin, John Mulaney, Kimiko Glenn, excuse me, Kimiko Glenn, and Nicholas Cage and Leave Schreiber, and it is Spider Man into the Spider Verse. It it was one of those weird films that I think it popped up on Netflix. It was like a Spider Man film. I'm like, I should watch this. It is the absolute coolest blend of 
old, new, old school, new school, CGI, old. I, I, I can't even begin to describe this film about this kid who becomes the new Spider-Man. But there's all these like riffs in reality that bring in the, the old Spider-Man into his reality. Um, and as he begins to embrace the fact that he is the new Spider-Man, like the animation in when he is trying to be Spider-Man, it's all 24 frames per second. The people who are already good Spider-Man are all 60 frames per second, all nice and smooth and pretty. He is all like jumpy and shit. But as he progresses in the film, eventually it becomes 60 frames per second for him. It is, it is one of the most wicked, coolest looking, awesome films I have seen in a long, long time. If you've never seen this, I highly suggest checking it out. I think it is still on Netflix. It's just beautiful. You've got You've got a female version of Dr. Octopus in this. You've got the Kingpin, which is this ludicrously huge guy. Like his shoulders are 12 to 15 feet wide. It's just wickedly cool. There is a point in the film where him, Miles, yeah, Spider-Man, and... Peter Parker from another universe are exiting this facility and he throws a bagel at one of the bad guys. And it literally, when it hits him, you see this little pop of the go, little pop of that goes bagel as if it was the old Batman series with like a pow and kapow. It, it is brilliant, beautiful, great writing great story just great everything i highly highly recommend this check it out if you've never seen it go watch it once it is beautiful and brilliant now i'm sure that you named this off but i just noticed that zoe kravitz was in that as well zoe kravitz in that as well um who if you've well we talked about her in the Batman. You will hear about this in the Batman before this one comes out. I, I, and and I, I guess I didn't realize she was in this film. I, I Okay, I will retract my statement about how I never really liked her in films. I loved her in Spider-Man. I didn't know she was in that, but I loved her. Yeah. Um, Nicolas Cage, I love. He's oh, one of my favorites. He plays Spider-Man Noir, an all black and white character. You got love that. This film is just amazingly good. I just I I I can't I can't hype it up enough. Go watch it if you've never seen it. I have not seen it. I will put this on my list. Oh my god, it's so good. All right. That was that number us? five. So what is your number five? 1996 to 2003. 
The Misadventures of a Boy Genius and His Annoying Sister. Dexter! I knew that's all I had to say. <laughs> that's it, man. That's awesome. Dexter's Laboratory. Uh, La laboratory. Come on, get it right. <laughs> it's too late to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jendi Tartakovsky. Jendi Tartakovsky. Yes. Which yes, I know. Name? With my sister Didi around, <laughs> things sometimes do not quite plan. But every great scientist must overcome obstacles. Mine just happens to be an oversized sister. Watch my new series, Dexter Laboratory, every Sunday at 3.30 on Cartoon Network. What the... Okay. Um, definitely, it, it was a Cartoon Network show. Yep. Which means that it was a little bit on the edge. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Our, the our, mom had the, the mom had the back end going on. Now, now, you know who who did the voice for Dexter? Do you not? Maybe. Mm, no. Who did that? It was a female, Christine Cavanaugh. Oh, God, I know that name. Fuck, I can't remember who, but... Now, listen to this, and you will sit back and go, well, I've heard these names before. Kathy Sushi. Frank Welker. Kat Cressida. Kat Cressida has been in, like, the past five cartoons that we've talked about. Rob Paulson. Rob, oh God, I love him. <laughs> I mean, Eddie Deason. If you don't know who Eddie Deason is, uh, what was it? Revenge of the Nerds? Was that? No. Uh, possibly. Possibly he was in, he always plays a great dork. <laughs> and in this show, he plays Mandark. <laughs> it <was a> dark. <laughs> what a great name. Oh my god. Uh this this is this is one of those silly cartoons that makes you love your sister. <laughs> Be, because because Dexter's sister is the biggest piece of shit son of a bitch that you will ever meet in your lifetime. But she, she's, she's so oblivious that you can't fault her. Is she oblivious? Is she yeah, Hold up. For, for a lot of it, okay. yes. So, so if my sister's listening to this, I apologize for telling the story, but I'm going to tell it. <laughs> <clears throat> my sister would constantly stick this, this right here, this <laughs> as close to my face as she could get it and proceed to say, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. That is Dexter's sister. 
Yeah, she could have touched me. That was okay. <laughs> Dexter's sister would repeat stuff. Would repeat stuff over and over again. Would do stuff over and over and over again. And that's what made her brilliant. <laughs> she was my sister, Allison. This is true. This is that's absolutely true. I I I totally get where you're coming from. Yes, you, you've met my sister. You know her many times. Yes, there she is, Dexter's sister. <laughs> now, once again, this is another cartoon that was. A little ahead of its time. It was ahead of its time, but it had comedy for for the smart people as well as comedy for for people that were a little bit who didn't care. Yeah, it was. It had a little bit for everybody. It was. It was. It was good <laughs> for anyone. Did you want to think? No, it's funny. Did you want to think about it? Yes, it's still funny. It's funnier. No, it was it was it was really good comedy. Dad was oblivious. Mom had that thick butt going on, which they stuck out in all the episodes. You're like, uh, why are why are we looking at mom's big ass in this cartoon? But yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, and like I was saying. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> You're dying over there. I can see. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought I muted that. <laughs> ah! Apparently, the popcorn has gotten the better of my brother. Fuck him. Fuck. I mean, I God, it, it was so damn good. I couldn't stop eating it. It's got uh, cheddar. It's so good. I, I, I just stuck my tongue in the bowl and <laughs> let it let it move around. Cheddar. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> like I said, Dexter, <clears throat> it was just comedic all the way through. They made yeah. fun of smart people. They made fun of dumb people. And that's what made it a great comic. It was like it was, and there was a lot of self-deprecating comedy. Like he was the smartest kid around, but like he would screw up majorly and go, "Oh my god, I'm an idiot." It was it was good fun for everybody. Good mute, good mute. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it it was it was really good comedy. It was it was. It was super smart. Do, do you know what I yeah. IMTV rated it? No, what? Nine nine point eight? Seven point nine out of ten. Which nice. actually for a comic is not bad. Or a cartoon. No, for a cartoon. Is not awesome. bad at all. Yeah. Uh the the populace rated it at a hundred and four. I don't know how that works. But anyways, I love this. They, this was that <coughs> stupid time. You know, you need that stupid time. 
You need that minute, that five, 10, 20 minutes of just stupid humor to, to shut down and, and relieve. I mean, it's your pressure release valve. So why did this little kid have so much knowledge and have such a weird way of talking compared to the rest of his family? It was, it was a bizarre concept and it totally worked. It was good stuff. Yeah. I, I actually enjoyed this, this one a lot. Anyways, we are on to our number four, sir. Alrighty then. My number four is a Pixar cartoon, 2008. It had a $180 million budget and pulled down $521 million worldwide. In 2016, it was voted the 29th among 100 films considered to be the best of the 21st century by 117 film critics around the world. It was selected for the preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. The music was by Thomas Newman, who did Finding Nemo. Bits from Hello, Dolly showed up in this, whom the composer Jerry Herman of Hello, Dolly allowed the songs to be used without knowing what they were for. And when he saw the film, he found the incorporation into the story to be absolutely genius. It is Wally. Really? I love this film to death. I, as a youth in high school, did uh, theater at the Carousel, which was out in Ravenna at the time. And I did the show Hello, Dolly. So I know these songs backwards and forwards. And so 35 years later, I'm watching this cartoon Wally. And they pop out with not the most popular song, but like, you know, it only takes a moment from Hello, Dolly. I'm like, oh, my God. It was like this wave of nostalgia washing over me. And the film is beautiful. It is. It has social commentary about consumerism and us killing the planet. There's there's so many levels. It's like Shrek. It's like an onion. There's so many levels to this film visually it's beautiful the story is a love story at heart where eve is like the iphone and wally is like the android version there's there's so much stuff to this film but it is visually stunning emotionally gripping there's something in it for everyone i absolutely love it and then you get into the the fact that they have uh, uh, Peter Gabriel doing music for this. And he originally was just going to do the outro song, but the guy who did the music for it, like loved the song so much. He incorporated that song into the film itself. And, and, and uh, it's, it, it's just great. It, it, the whole thing front to back, 
is just a great, great film. What year was this? 2008. Man, uh, I didn't think that. That was that old. I know, right? Well, no, I didn't think that it was an animated. It was all CGI. It was all computer animated. I mean, I'm I'm, like, I'm watching a, a video clip of it right now, and I'm like, it's spectacular looking. It is. You can't I mean, even the, tell. No, I mean the 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 fog for the horizon. The the yeah. I mean, they were doing stuff that they had to make up CGI algorithms for just to make the film work. I mean, it was just yeah, it, it, just. I, there's nothing I can't say bad about this film. It, it is a lovely film. God forbid if you've never seen it, go see it. It is fabulous. Well, I have bad news for you. My number four is the Animaniacs, which means you have to go again. Do you have anything else to say about the Animaniacs? Not really. Okay. Man. <laughs> oh, I couldn't hit my... I couldn't hit it. I couldn't hit it. Damn it. No. Oh. I'm single. <laughs> uh, yeah. we'll fix, we'll you have to blow your nose. Post. <laughs> that was a big God. one. That was bad. It came on quick. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> bam. Dude, I was like... On my computer, oh. with the new windows, I have this little thing at the bottom, and it tells you like the weather and stuff. Literally, the past two weeks have been pollen bad. That's all it says at the bottom. It doesn't tell you like what the temperature is going to be. It's just pollen bad. That's it. Dude, That's all dude, it says. I get bad. I get excited every day to wake up and take four Benadryl. I, uh, I shoot uh, up my nose. Yeah, I, you know, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I, I can't say anything about Wally. Haven't seen. What? I can say something about Animaniacs again. Okay. But but I think we 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 went a long time on Animaniacs. Yep. Um it, oh my it, god, I can't believe you've never seen Wally. No. Oh God! I I want you to think about something that came out in in what two thousand eight? Yeah. Okay. So in two thousand eight, I was in the middle of touring. Mm. I was out on the road. I was in a bus or a truck. I didn't have a TV. All right. I didn't quit touring until about 2010. Dude, it, it, as a Disney or Pixar film, it, it's, it, well, it's on my number four. It's, it's, it's flipping amazing. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Are we doing your number three or my number three? Your number three. My number three. Yes. Is I have this. Here, here's, here's the thing. I have a tie at two. Okay. I have a tie at three. So I've actually got two to do at three. Got it. Okay. 
<clears throat> my number three is a Walt Disney film mm -hmm. from 1940. Ooh. Story direction by Joe Grant, Dick Humor, and production supervisor Walt Disney and Ben Sharpstein is the third Disney animated feature film ever. Fantasia? It is Fantasia. Good job, dude. Yes. I, I, I'm sorry. I couldn't. I knew it when you said that it was the third <laughs> film. I was like, that's Fantasia. And I'm going to tell you that this cartoon is absolutely fucking brilliant. It my, is gorgeous all the way through it. My mom took me to see this film in a movie theater. God, I don't know. I was young. I was young. I was like super young, like first grade, second grade, whatever. Blew my mind. Like the dinosaur stuff just totally. I was just raptured by the dinosaur section of that film. I, just everything about this film is just magical. I, I don't know a better well, word that's for what, it. it. It was a fantasy travel through time. Time, mind, imagination, mm -hmm. you name it. I mean, there was a, you had Russian flowers dancing. You, you had dinosaurs. You, you had hippos. Dan I mean, it was just, it's just a mind-blowing experience the, the animation is gorgeous the music is amazing the the imagination behind the whole concept is just kind of mind-blowing um oh, you God, cannot God. tell me you cannot tell me that walt disney did not do lsd he he did he had to do something whether it was LSD or dope or whatever. Yeah, he had to do something. Um, so the <coughs> eight animated segments set to pieces of classical music were conducted by Leopold Stokowski, which brings us all the way back to Bugs Bunny. Yep. <laughs> They're like, Leopold, Leopold, Leopold. <laughs> like, he was a big deal back in the day, man. Um, and that's really kind of fine because Bugs Bunny was w Warner Brothers. Yeah, I know, right? And well, Leopold was like a big name back in the day, man. But I mean, Mel Blanc did did shows for Warner Brothers as well as Walt Disney. Yeah, so that's true. You know, they back then there was the the cross, and Leopold was Leopold Leopold. He was huge in the cartoon industry. That's he like was, saying John Williams today. He was as big as Mel Blanc was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was all. Everyone wanted Mel Blanc. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was performed by the Philadelphia Orchestra. Um, the music critic and composer, Deems Taylor, acts as the film's master of ceremonies introduces the segments in live action mm -hmm. um 
1998, the American Film Institute ranked it as the 58th greatest American film in the past 100 years of 100 movies and the fifth greatest animated film in their top 10, 10 list. Um, it is another one that has been selected for preservation by the United States National Film Registry and the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Um, the pieces okay. of music, Takata, Takata and Fugue D minor by uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, The Nutcracker Suite by Tchaikovsky, The Sorcerer's Apprentice by Paul Dukas, R The Rite of Spring by Stravinsky, The Pastoral Symphony by Beethoven, Dance of the Hours by Ponticelli, Night on Bald Mountain, what a great bit. The demon, uh, that is maybe the best bit of that whole movie. That is the most iconic bit of, of animation probably out there ever. Um, and then Here, Ava Maria as a, as a follow-up. Here's the, okay, go on. No, no, is it, I, I, I'm okay. just going to okay. like gush like a it, little schoolgirl. Here's the thing. The 20th anniversary of Walt Disney World used Fantasia. The 25th anniversary of Walt Disney World used Fantasia. <laughs> the 30th anniversary of Walt Disney World used Fantasia. The, this is the iconic... Uh, ever, okay, people will argue, is Bambi it? Is Bambi the no, cartoon? No, this is, is it. Snow White. No. Fantasia. It speaks to everybody. Like the it, Sorcerer's it, Apprentice is just like it's Mickey Mouse at his finest. There's there's something for everyone. It is uh, you cannot see you cannot hear Night on Bald Mountain and not see that huge demon rising up from a mountaintop. It is just not possible. It is just it is so up there with, with there, any bit of animation ever. There is a reason that Fantasia has never been turned into a ride. And that's because they can't build it. No. It's too big to build. Yeah. And and that's 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 a fabulous thing. That is a wonderful thing. To happen to a group of uh, animators, musicians, animators. yeah, composers, uh -huh. just the whole nine yards. Yeah, it, it's 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 amazing. I, the, the, uh, any of my top three could have been transposed. It, this could have been my number one, but I, I picked it as my number three. So anyway, oh, you now, sir. Hang on. What was your on. number? Hang on, hang on. Hang on. We are experiencing that. All right. Sorry about that. That's um, all right. What ended Better up have? happening was in my ears, all I could hear was jackhammer. Okay. That's no bueno. Okay. It was it was horrible. Um, I mean, 
all of our audio saved to the cloud, so I'm not scared. We've still got our entire show, and we can move on uh, from where we were at. We're on number three, correct? I had done my number three. Yes, and now it's my number three. What, pray tell, sir, is your number three? All right. My number three is a, uh, it's a tie. And okay. I, I'm going to have to re, uh, re-bring up everything. Um, and there we go. The first movie that is tied for this slot came out in 2001. It was a Pixar film, one hour, 32 minutes long, starring Billy Crystal and John Goodman. Oh, nice pick. This is Monsters, Inc., which I do. Uh, okay, I have I have two Pixar movies tied for number Fair two. enough, because it, it's Pixar, and they can uh, do no wrong. The Billy Crystal played Mike. John Goodman played Sullivan. Uh, you had Steve Buscemi. My, well, I love I, I love Steve Buscemi. Buscemi. Oh, my God. Uh, James Colburn, yes, played Waternose. Water, yes, and Waternose. Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly was the, the girlfriend. Yes, Celia. Uh, we had John Ratzenberger as Yeti. John Ratzenberger is in every Pixar and Miyazaki film. I am Priscilla. really. I'm really starting to believe that he uh, is. No, honestly, he, he is in, in every Disney and Pixar and Miyazaki film out there. So the premise of Monsters Inc. was monsters under your bed are a real thing, and they live in a different world, and they come over to scare you, to take care of you, to protect you. Well, they, they uh, collect your screams for their energy, for their city. Correct. Well, yes. Okay, it, it's hard to explain monsters. Yes, the <laughs> monsters are hired to create screams. But as they went on, what did they figure out? That laughter is stronger than screams. Thank you. And, uh, okay, uh, John Goodman. I Sully. love John Goodman. Oh, my God. Billy Crystal. Yeah, yeah, yeah you gotta love him. Okay, Billy Crystal's great. I love Billy Crystal. From soap on to present day, brilliant. Billy Crystal is one of the best comedians that you will ever, ever get to watch. And SNL, you don't, you films, don't get to see everything. him now. 
I mean, how many award shows did he did host? He MC? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but this this for John Goodman. I mean, this came out right after the whole Roseanne split up and all that stuff. Come on, this was this was a power movie for John Goodman. Oh yeah, heck yeah. I mean, this and the Big Lebowski are his two. Oh God. We could do a whole show on the Big Lebowski. And I finally, you know, after you and I had conversations about that on a show, I went and watched it. And that is a brilliant freaking movie. <laughs> Did you take my advice Woody, and just, just let it wash over you? Woody Not Harrelson. <laughs> hey, hey, Woody, uh, hang on. Woody Harrelson. <laughs> I could do that all day. Oh God! There's just so much good and bizarreness in that film. It's it's fabulous. So it's a great flick. But yes, we're we're stuck on Monsters Inc. here, and yes. we're stuck as with, a tie with the tie. What and is I your will, tie with this movie? I I will. I will say one name. Okay. And, and I guarantee you'll know what it is. Okay. Tom Hanks. It got to be Toy Story. Toy Story. The entire series. Now, this this was a hard decision, actually. Yeah. Because I really wanted to put Buzz Lightyear in there. Uh, or I... Well, Buzz Lightyear is there. Um, that, okay, let me let me go back. Here's the thing: the new movie that just came out does not have Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear, and that kind of kind of threw me back a little bit. Okay, uh, the original Toy Story, though. Was well, the first three or four. Well, the first three or four are great, but the very first one, Ooh. that's the best. That's the best. The entire series is great. Yeah. But that very first one just kind of... I, yeah, God, you had Don Rickles. Mm-hmm. Gilbert Gottfried was in that. Yes. Um... Uh oh 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 god who's the who's the woman um oh god damn it who's the uh who played little bo peep uh oh, god damn it uh, hang on hang on hang on it's coming up it's coming up here uh, her name was Annie Annie Potts yes Annie Potts but from once Ghostbusters. Again, once again, John Ratzenberger. And John Ratzenberger. I, 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 honestly, I, I believe there is something in Disney's thing where he like he has to have at least one line in a Pixar and or Miziaki film. Ooh, Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn. He okay. If you, here, wait, wait, wait. I, I have to show you this picture of him. Because when you see him, you'll be like, oh, I know who that oh, is. Oh, him. Okay. 
Quit eating my microphone, cat. Uh, Leave it alone. Here we go. Uh, I have to get rid of my screen here. There we go. Ow! He's been inconceivable. In yes. <laughs> um. And he was in The Incredibles. Yes, I just saw that too. Uh, Annie Potts. Uh, Wadley Shaw. Jim Varney. Holy crap. I forgot about that. Yes, Jim Varney was in it. Lori Metcalf, though. Lori Metcalf. Oh, my God. Uh, and Gillette. Oh, shit. R. Lee Remy. That's right. He was one of the, 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 the army men. I yes. forgot about that. Yes. Yes, he was. He was the lead sergeant. He was the sergeant. Yes. Uh, just, just a brilliant cast. Now that is that is an all star cast. No matter what, yeah, that's a that's a great lineup. Holy cow! And and I, I mean, I know that that the picture that you're seeing there says Walt Disney Pictures presents. This was Pixar before it was Walt Disney World. Yes. And this is what made Pixar one of the top producers of cartoons was that was that they were willing to spend the money on top talent all the way mm -hmm. across the board. Yeah. And best and animators, best voice talent, best writers. Best yeah, writers. No, that was a brilliant, brilliant cartoon. <laughs> the comedy in Pixar films was was second to none. And I love the fact that they Easter egg all their films to all their other films. Like that um, that pizza delivery truck that just yeah. says, yo, shows up in The Incredibles. Like they're all connected. But you just in saw, so many ways. You just saw the ad for Toy Story, and it had had the aliens from uh, uh, ooh the class. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the, law decides who will stay and who will go. Honestly, I I, I think goddamn zealots, leave me alone. I think Pixar was one of the best movie companies that that came out in the oh, the late 90s early 2000s um i you know they're still doing some good work but disney has changed stuff in the way that they do stuff and i i don't know uh, pixar pixar when it was fighting for that when they came out they were fighting to have a foot in this oh, yeah. business. Yeah, they were they were they were fighting against the big dogs and there, and winning. There's there's a freaking reason why Disney bought them and it they knew they couldn't beat them. That's why. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's why they bought Marvel. They couldn't beat them. They had to join them. And well, yeah. that's that's a a story for a different day, <laughs> a different podcast. Uh huh. All right. So there, there are my uh, two number or my two number threes. Gotcha. Good, good, 
good choices both that I, I can't believe I didn't have Toy Story. Well, I mean, all three of those are brilliant films too. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Anyway. My onto your number two, my, my number my number two is another Jendi Tartakovsky cartoon. Really? Uh, a la Dexter's Laboratory, Star Wars, Clone Wars, and Primal. This one is in 2001, and it ran four seasons with no conclusion, but was revived in 2017 with a suitable ending and a final episode. Yes. And it was so satisfying. Holy cow. Loosely based on the TV show Kung Fu, it is Samurai Jack. I love Samurai Jack. <laughs> it was. Uh, did it was, we not talk about Samurai Jack a no, earlier? No. I know I brought it up. Maybe, but I, I mean, no. I mentioned somebody that that Phil Lamar. Yes, who was in Samurai Jack. Mad TV, Marvin from Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, visually stunning. Visually very different from anything I'd ever seen. Like even anime style. It was like, it was anime and American and updated and traditional all at the same time it was it was beautiful it was absolutely beautiful so far out there in concepts and bad guys and aliens and whatever holy cow just an amazing series uh mako do you you know who mako is yes he was he played the bad guy aku um, and sadly passed away uh, fairly recently. Had to be re- revoiced for the, the the 2017 version. But um, okay, so I don't have a ton of stuff on this, but it won an Annie Annie Award for outstanding music, outstanding production design, outstanding storyboard. It won an OIAF Award for Best Television Series. It won an Annecy Official Selection for a Special Award for a Television Series. It won an Annie Award for Outstanding Character Design. And my daughter is pouring water behind me. It scared the hell out of me. It won a Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Individual Achievement in Animation. It won an outstanding production design in a television production. It won a primetime Emmy Award for outstanding animation program and an outstanding individual achievement in animation. And a primetime Emmy Award for outstanding individual achievement in animation for Brian Andrews, Scott Willis, Craig Kelman, and Lou Romano. An amazing series. Beautiful, great writing. I just I, I would say, what do you 
Samurai Jack. What are your feelings? Oh my God, yes. What are your feelings about Samurai Jack? This is my daughter. Come on down. Oh my gosh. This is Samantha. Hi. Okay. I don't remember the series like too, too detailed because I watched it when I was a kid, but I remembered being just like enthralled by it because it was just so pretty, but also interesting, but also kind of intense because the the bad guy was just this big black figure. Um, but also just really calming because all the voices were really calming. So amazing series. Alrighty then. Two. Big thumbs up for Samurai Jack. Good stuff. If you've never seen it, dear God, take a peek. It was amazing. <laughs> we had a better review from Sam than we had from Bert. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> All right, sir. Um, <laughs> Samurai Jack is a phenomenal cartoon. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it, and this is the guy from Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah. Uh, it, doing it, whatever he wants. I mean, my God, the, some of the some of the some of the ancillary bad guys were such bizarre looking characters, but uh, and, and then he came across this one Norseman who you thought was going to be a bad guy, and like and Samurai Jack had this enchanted sword that could pretty much cut through anything. All of a sudden, he's going up against this big obnoxious i mean he's almost like uh uh mike myers character of fat bastard this big scottish guy with this big claymore and they clang swords and nothing breaks and the big scottish guy goes it's got runes on it it's like oh 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 god yeah just great stuff all the way through that series really yeah. Oh yeah. You can talk now. It's okay. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, ooh, that's the problem. Literally did this. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Best cartoon uh, <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. Um, so that was your number two, correct? Yes. Okay, my number two was Batman the Animated Series, but I had a cartoon tied with it. Oh. Now I'm kind of sad that I had this cartoon tied with it after you went through that whole tirade on on uh, uh, Samurai. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling bad now. I, yeah, dude, let me tell you. Had I gone further, this list would have been different and changed around. It's It's just... Yeah, there's uh, so many good things out there. I, I had forgotten about how many good things were out there. Well, well, here we go. Uh, 
my tied for number two was the Scooby-Doo Where Are You series. Fuck. Yeah. And, and, and I... No, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't... I can't not have this in this list. It was... It originally came out in 1969. Uh, there have been different versions from 1969 all the way through till now, including two movies. Two um, live actions. Two live action movies. So uh, it's it was kind of a stable in my life. It was and, like, and it was, Casey Kasem did the voice for Shaggy? Is that correct? Uh, let's see here. I was just on the page. Uh, bu, 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 bu. We have Don Messick as Scooby-Doo. Mm -hmm. Casey Kasem is Shaggy. Yes. Nicole Jaffe is Velma. Vic Perrin uh, was several other voices. It doesn't mm -hmm. say which ones. Frank Welker. We've heard that name. Was Fred Jones. <laughs> you have Hal Smith, who was in, who was in, in the Andy Griffith show as <laughs> Otis. That's awesome. And oh my God, all the permutations of the show. They had what, Don Knotts showed up. They had so many oh. other people show up in oh. that show. Over the years, June Foray. June Foray was that in... was that was that was uh uh, uh Rocket J Squirrel, wasn't it? No, yes, it was. Yes, yes, she played the gypsy fortune teller. Oh my god, I, I mean, so many people. But the thing is, is that this became uh, I'm a huge mystery fan. <laughs> um science fiction as well as as mystery uh, agatha christie was was one of my favorite writers the thing about scooby-doo is that it taught kids about mysteries and how much about fun, mistrusting people <laughs> how much fun they can be and to understand that there's always an evil person behind <laughs> Don't trust everybody. <laughs> uh, exactly. Now, as I was trying to show this picture to you, um, let's see here. Boom. This was actually the part of the opening credits. Well, it was also the Voodoo Doctor who was in three different episodes. Oh, really? He was. <laughs> Kids loved him so much, they brought him back for three episodes. <laughs> so, uh, all right. There you go. That's my, that's my number two. We are, we're here. We're here. We have made it. We have finally made it to the number ones. And apparently, neither of our number ones matched anything else so far, so okay what do you have going on for number one 
Okay. I, I may want to bring my daughter back for this one. Uh-oh. This is a animated movie from 2001 about a 10-year-old girl who enters the world of kami, which is the spirits of Japanese Shinto folklore, trying to save her parents. This is written and directed by the legendary Hayao Miyazaki, animated by Studio Ghibli, and it is called Spirited Away. Okay. Have you ever seen this film? No, sir. If you've never seen any Studio Ghibli films in your life, and there's a good bunch of them out there, watch this one. Um, it, oh God, where do I begin? It grossed. $395.8 million worldwide. Wow. It became the most successful and highest grossing film in Japanese history with a total of $305 million, which held the record for 19 years. It won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature at the 75th Academy Awards making it the first and to date only hand-drawn and non-English language animated film to win the award. In 2016, it was voted the fourth best film of the 21st century by the BBC. Uh, In 2017, it was also named the second best film of the 21st century so far by the New York Times. It has won the Animation Kobe Award for Theatrical Film Awards, the Blue Ribbon Award, the Fifth Japan Media Arts Festival Award, the Mancini Film Award, the 25th Japan Academy Award, the 52nd Berlin International Film Festival Award, the Cinekid Festival Award and the 21st Hong Kong Film Awards. Also, the Tokyo Anime Award Animation of the Year, Best Art Direction, Character Design, Director, Music, Screenplay, Voice Actor, Notable Entry, the Utah Film Critics Association Award for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay, Best Non-English Language Film, the National Board of Reviews Award of Best Animated Films and the New York Films Critics Online Best Animated Feature. In 2003, it got the 75th Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. The 30th Annie Awards, it won the Award for Best Animated Feature. Direction, Writing, Music, the 8th Critics' Choice Award for Best Animated Feature. The 29th Saturn Awards Best Animated Film. The 7th Golden Satellite Awards Best Animated Film, the Amsterdam Fantastic Film Festival, the Christopher Award, and the 57th British Academy Film Awards for Best Film Not in the English Language. It's a bit of all right. It doesn't suck. (laughs) Okay. Um, What was the name of this movie? 
Spirited Away by Hayao Miyazaki. Okay. And, and where's Sam? Hold on, please. Hey, Sam. Hold, please. He will be back, people. I, I promise you. Apparently, Sam is in the shower and cannot be contacted at the moment. So, <laughs> okay, that that yeah, um, that that's acceptable. That is acceptable. Okay. Yeah, my youngest, oldest daughters love this film to death. There are some of the cutest characters. There are some of the most LSD-inspiring demons in this film. I, I, uh, God, I don't even, I couldn't begin to tell you what the film is about or how it ends or how it goes. You have to just, it, it's, it's kind of like, watching the big lebowski watch it and let it wash over you and when you're done with the film you will have enjoyed this experience so immensely you and you won't understand why initially but you will have loved watching this film it in my opinion possibly is the best animated film ever out there it's my number one obviously okay. i am i'm totally blown away i love ghibli films there's howl's moving castle there's uh uh my neighbor totoro is a really innocent beautiful small film really but gorgeous but this film is just his pinnacle. It is just his penultimate, his Rachmaninoff, his Beethoven's fifth. It is fucking amazing. Okay. All I got to say about that. All that's all you got to say? That's all I got to say. Alright. Let's see here. Uh, I know what that is. I can't believe I didn't have more like old school cartoons in this list like this. what was the other one? Oh crap. Not the Thunderbirds. Um it was the Matsumoto. No, there was another cartoon that was kind of like this, but the, the five people came together and but yeah, this 
this was along the lines of Speed Racer when it came to anime. This was way up there in the list. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, my friend. This is all yours. Oh, man, that just that gives me gives me wrinkles every time. <laughs> wrinkles on my penis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. Let me bring up my notes. Ladies and gentlemen, I have talked about this before. This is the anime show star blazers now the thing about star blazer here i'll i'll it started in 1979 it went on to 1984 now it kind of goes beyond this because right now this very second they are in pre-production of a movie no shit no shit uh, if you go on IMDb, it will tell you that they are in pre-production. They have five separate specials after the series nice. that was on. So this anime has gone on since 1979. No awards. It's done. And yet a cult classic. And yet a cult classic. I mean, this thing spawned like Battle of the Planets, mm -hmm. the Macros uh, series. Yeah, it's it, Star Blazer. Yeah, it's just... Here's the thing about Star Blazers. Anyone from the 80s is going to remember Battlestar Galactica. This was one of the premises of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, this was this was their biggest influence. Correct. This show has been, like I said, it's been going on since 1979. Uh, the premise of the show is is basically this: in in the late 2100s. The planet Gamelon, a world far beyond Earth's solar system, declares an invasion of Earth. The nation of Earth fights as one against Gamelon, but one by one, Earth's fleets are uh, defeated. When the nations of Earth refuse to surrender, Gamelon begins bombarding Earth with... Uh, with planet bombs radioactive missiles that look like meteors and it's it basically makes the united states or the world earth uninhabitable so they have to go out and 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 fight against the gamelon to stop this and to be able to to take the, the Cosmo DNA into another world for it to continue. Uh, 
Oh, wait. Did you know that Gordon Ramsay, not the chef, was one of the voice actors? And he originally played Bozo the Clown. Did he really? Which one was that? Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Born in Minneapolis in 1930, acting debut in off-Broadway theater musical *The Man Who Never Died*. Oh, he he played Orion. Yeah. And the 1969 episode TV show *What's My Line* as Bozo the Clown. Wow. Uh, now the ship that they are on is called the Yamamoto, and it it's. Basically, that this ship is being sent out to save planet Earth. Um, It was it was a cartoon that I watched when I was a kid. I started watching it in 1979. I started watching it in 1989. I'm not that old, people. My, my, my. reruns they're good uh, i I don't need people to know how old i am anyways um i absolutely loved this show and i i I haven't even i haven't gotten birth to watch one yet i've watched one or two episodes it was and i liked it um it was i was more into other cartoons at the time it it's a brilliant it's a brilliant cartoon it's something sam would really get into this she's into anime this is the younger one we get into it she's more into anime than than sam is this this is the beginning of anime 1979 guys this was the start of it all we're good (laughs) all right All right, so so now that Sam's there, what, what, what? now that Sam is here, now what? We need to talk about something. Your dad brought up a show. Hold on. Now I can hear. The false speakers change the speakers. Yes. All right, go okay. ahead and say something. Okay. There so, we go. so Burke brought up. A show and he said that you would his number one cartoon show mm-hmm. is something that you could relate to was it fighting me so Burke, what was your number one oh, spirited away, spirited away. Mm-hmm. i remember this movie and being scared of it at first because of uh the old lady Oh my gosh. Um, I thought, it's, is it Haku? Yeah, that's still how you pronounce his name. Thought he was the coolest thing um, because I just love dragons. Um, but she terrified me. But also, Studio Ghibli, near you, <laughs> is. It blew my mind because this was the first Studio Ghibli movie I think I ever saw. 
<laughs> and it just I love Kendrick. You know, um, it blew me away with just how beautiful it was and like how to this day I don't really know the exact message, but it was just like, oh man, she believed in herself and she did what she needed to do for her family, but also like for herself. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was awesome. So, I so, love it. So what do you think the the what's the difference between that cartoon and American cartoons like uh, what Pixar puts out? Mm. Um, first off, the like visuals. Um, you can like there's just a look and you can tell the difference between like a Japanese movie or anime versus crap what's a kid's cartoon I watched forever you're a butthole um it's just the way everything looks and the scenery and the the power behind it all the whole vibe yeah 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 um everything in like the background of like spirited away even like when you see stills of Totoro or Howl's Moving Castle, um, the background and the feeling of everything, you're gonna break something, Kat. Um, just the power in those movies feels vastly different than anything Americanized because we're kind of like macho, yeah, like well, macho power more than just like grace. Um, it's like Americanized stuff is very like high strung a lot of the times. Um, and it's like, here's this, this, and this, or here's this joke and ha ha ha. It might not have fit, but we're going to put it in there. Um, where this is like, like, like Japanese style or just like anime stuff is like, all right, we have this message, but we're going to show it throughout the whole movie. And we're going to show it within the subtle nuances kind of thing. <laughs> yeah yeah um it it okay i i see what you're saying because i i see the same thing a lot of japanese anime is is more based on beauty or mm-hmm. aesthetics the, yeah aesthetics the background is important in mm-hmm. in japanese anime where in american cartoons the foreground is what's mm-hmm. important so so they really kind of relax on what it looks like behind yeah um and like something that comes to mind also this is just me um from a female point of view um there tends to be like in america a lot more male protagonists Mm-hmm. um versus in animes like sailor moon was my very first anime like I it is love of my life um and it was also the first um female protagonist show movie anything that i saw in my life mm-hmm. um i didn't really see any like female main characters that really like hit home until 
Black Widow in Avengers. And she wasn't right. even really a main, main character. Um, so that's also something I notice is that a lot of like American like cartoons and stuff, it's a lot of like guys up in the forefront, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but with a lot of animes, there's a lot more female like protagonists that are like super strong, super strong willed, um, but also know how to kick butt. Um, and a lot of the times you just don't see that with Americanized stuff because it's like, guys are awesome and they are. Um, but it's nice to go to anime and be like, oh my gosh, I can relate to this a lot more, even though it's kind of like not a wonky cartoon, but like skirts are a little short, which sucks sometimes, but it's so nice to be able to see Sailor Moon versus, I can't even think of really many Americanized cartoons because I well, just kind of forget about them. Well, it, it, it's a very good point that you're making. I mean, uh, the, the European or Japanese market uh, has pushed female characters a little bit more than the American market. And mm -hmm. And honestly, myself as a man, I would rather see uh, a female in in the lead. I I enjoy some of the older stuff. I mm. enjoy seeing a man. I mean, mm. Superman needs to be a man. Mm. But but then when you start going into Japanese anime, the women are are equal to the men, and that's mm -hmm. something that's that's really kind of fun to watch. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 the short skirts don't hurt, but uh, backs though, honestly. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, it it is what it is. Now, Burke and I were just talking about Star Blazers. I don't know. You haven't watched it yet. This I is. I feel like I've maybe heard of it. That sounds familiar. There's like a big ship that's got a big gun, and it's kind of like it looks like a. It's old battleship in space. I feel like I had you or someone had a toy of it when I was really little. Probably, yeah. That okay, I think I've seen that yes, somewhere. The, the Yamamoto. Um, <laughs> if you get a chance, go watch it. It is more male based because it's 1979. Um, but they actually are in pre production for a new movie. So I'm really kind of interested in seeing how that is is going to uh, translate. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. because it, it, it's it's totally different from the 1970s. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, oh, yeah. all in all, I'm I'm glad to get your your take on on some of this. You know, Burke just talked about the low skirts. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, the daughter was the one to bring it up. <laughs> Twenty-six-year-old right. daughter was the one to bring it up. <laughs> All right, Sam. Thank you very much. Have a good night. You too. Ugh. All right, gonna find some earbuds here. Oh dear lord. Ugh. And they're Burke is hunting. He's hunting. Like... He's on the hunt for earbuds. Ugh. All right, he's fine. He's back now. Eh, sure. Oh, sure. He's kind of back now. I. All right. So, so 
we talked about Star Blazer. Have you watched Star Blazers at all yet? Oh, hold on. Wrong plug. Oh, well, wrong plug. Hang, hang on. Hang, hang on. Hold on. Technical difficulties. There it is. Wow, I heard that. Oh, much better now. I can hear you. Okay. So it was good to have Sam on. Always good to have Sam on. Love Sam. Uh, we have to get Sam a copy of uh, of Star Blazers. <laughs> we have to get you a copy of Star Blazers. I know, right? Because plays that. Uh, I think there's there's episodes on YouTube. Um, It'd be awesome. They were on Tubi or something like that. Dang. I gotta move my fat ass. My back is hurting. <laughs> oh, between that and I have to pee. Yeah, it's getting to that point. All right. We've made it through our top 10 list. We made it. Congratulations, folks. Yay. I guess I should play some music and we should probably get the hell out of here. Yes, um, we have it? stuff we got to do. We have been on a long time. Holy cow. Uh, oh. Well, we had the little interlude with your brother. and But yeah. And we had some technical difficulties. and I Yeah, yeah. I, 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 have I had to... camera difficulties and you had some audio difficulties. But yeah. I have this bad feeling that I have like a nine foot booger hanging out of my nose right now. The good news is your camera can't pick it up. So you're good. Uh, yeah, well, if it was there, yeah. <laughs> ah, there you go. Uh, let's see here. Let's, let's get some, uh, let's get some, oh, no, not that one. Uh, not that one. Ooh, that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, we needed some background music to say goodbye to you guys. Uh, at this point in time, we have six shows in the can. <laughs> Stop. So it, it's going to be a month before they hear this. But Burke and I are going to take a little break. Yeah. Life has gotten in the way of having fun. And this truly is our fun. It this is. is what I look forward to all week long. And we usually it's... knock out two shows in a night, but we've only gotten one tonight because it is what it is. Life it, got in the way. It is what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll do the uh, the Tim Burton uh, yes next week or the week or after. Whenever. Whenever. We'll we get have, there eventually. We have enough shows. Burke and I need to take a break. Uh, we've got stuff to get done. I'm getting behind on certain things. I know Burke's getting behind. We just need to take one week off, regroup, and do the Tim Allen. Because right after the Tim Allen... Burton. Oh, sorry. Right after the Tim Burton... Dude... <laughs> That would have really sucked if I came back with, <laughs> dude, Toy Story sucked. But you know what? 
I, that, I, I love the Tool Time Show. That 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 Galaxy Quest was the best movie he ever made. Dude, that, Galaxy Quest was awesome, man. <laughs> um. So yeah, we we're gonna take a little break. You guys will not get a break. No, we are relentless, if anything. You guys will love us no matter what. Um, And we'll come back. Well, I have to give us a break because the Tim Burton thing is one thing. But what's coming after that is going to hurt everyone. So. And, and Scott has yet to divulge what that is to me, so oh, no. I have no clue either. I divulged it last week. It I is, don't remember. I was drunk. It was Tron versus... Oh, Tron versus Tron? Yes. Oh. By the way, no, I can't. I have to say that for the next episode. Never mind. Never mind. Wait, wait. Whoa, hold on. No, here. no, 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 no. You don't get it till the next, next episode. Uh, does it have to do with Tron? Yes. Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Uh, I, I, I finished off my friend Basil Hayden tonight. Aww, oh, poor little guy. I know. I think mine was gone last week. <laughs> I, I, I will miss him. I, he was, he was such a good friend. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say to the folks eight weeks into the future when this finally comes out and I finally edit it? I love you guys. <laughs> I look, no. I love you, man. I love you, man. I love you, man. I gotta have, <laughs> I gotta have Rose. Do, <laughs> Come on the show. Uh, I have to have them actually tape that so that I have have a button to press. Uh, you know, we, I, wait, wait, we have to get him drunk and then tape him. Oh god! Oh god! I just need that. I need it to say, "I love you, man." I love you, man. Scott, Mary, if, hold on, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If, Everyone wants to fight with me, but I love you, man. I love you, man. Looks <laughs> like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Uh, I, I, I think that's what my brother said. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. Now I got the. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, people. It's been a long night. We're going to carry our asses out of here. Uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. And... Y'all have a great day, and we will talk to you real soon. Oh, Have fun, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>